And certainly we were about to read about a story about uh, Paul and his direction. And it's amazing how where the Lord leads you and he guides us. And someday we're going to end up in heaven and we won't have to have that faith. We'll see Jesus as he is and uh, we'll have new bodies. Amen. We'll just, you know. Uh, these bodies that are, are wearing out or are creaking a little bit and not, you know, wanting to bounce back as quick and stuff like that. And I'm getting a little older and I'm, I'm beginning to understand that, you know. And uh, somebody, one of my fellow workers years ago, he told me we were we were young back then in our 20, late 20s and we were bouncing out of trucks, jumping around, uh, uh, picking up heavy things out of our truck, delivering them, you know, we're just moving fast, you know, we're jumping in the truck, jumping out of the truck, this and that. And, and he kind of looked at me, he says, you know, we're not going to be able to do this forever. Because <laughs> it's so hard on the body, you know, and it's like, uh, we're just, our bodies aren't made. But in heaven, you know, we're going to have new bodies. And we're going to have bodies that are not going to wear out. And uh, we have a great thing to look forward to. So in Acts chapter 16, in verse, uh, <clears throat> in verse uh, 16, and it came to pass as uh, we went to prayer, a certain uh, damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he, came, uh, and he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the mas- uh, marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to obtain uh, or observe, being Romans, And the multitude rose up against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And so we're going to pray right there, and we're going to continue on in the scripture here, but we're going to look at some of the things that are happening here in chapter 16. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for Paul. We thank you for silence. We thank you for this story. I just pray that you bless your word tonight. God, we just uh, give you permission to uh, work in our hearts and our lives, Lord God. We thank you, God, for our, your precious word. And uh, Lord, we, I pray that you would just, I pray that your word would move us, not the, my words, but your words. And that you would just help us or that we would be motivated. And I think for Paul that he was motivated uh, by uh, the Holy Spirit. And he was going in a different direction, not the, the direction he was going for uh, before the road to Damascus. But God, he was going in a different direction and serving a, the God of God, King of Kings. And God, we just pray that you would just help us, Lord, as we serve you, God, that we would, uh, we would trust you and we would uh, follow you. And you would just, we would know you're in control. And you just bless our time together, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we see here that uh, Paul and Silas, uh, they get thrown into a jail. They uh, have a woman that's following them and, and taunting them and yelling and uh, this thing over and over again. And, and here they are, what are they going to do? And all of a sudden, Paul is grieved. And he turns around and casts this devil out or this demon out, and it comes out. And these these people that were made, had a gain of her, uh, they, they were making money off this lady. They were, look what happened. What, what, you know, what just happened here? 
and this lady is uh, free from this. And so they were upset. And so they bring him, uh, Paul and Silas to the magistrates, and uh, they get thrown in prison. And so uh, having received such a charge after they got beaten, and I'm telling you, a beating back then was a little different than the beating today, man. Uh, they might beat you with words today, but to, back then they beat you with some pretty good beatings. And uh, Paul and Silas, they were there, and I'm sure they were all they were bloody, bruised, and uh, boy, this was not turning out to be a very good day. Uh, and um, we see that in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Now, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't know about you, but when you got, you're fasting in stocks, and you're in the middle of a prison, it's a pretty good place to have a pity party, isn't it? A lot of us, we would have a pity party. We would have, we'd be going, why me? Why me, Lord? Where, I, this, this shouldn't happen to me. I'm, I'm a, look how important I am. I'm Paul, and you're Silas, and we shouldn't be in here. And you could have a pity party, and you could just, you know, talk about what shouldn't have happened, but it was all happening according to God's plan. Uh, you know, it's already known that uh, Paul would have to go through some things. Paul would have to go through some things. That was part of God's plan. God had already told uh, some other people that, hey, he's going to have to suffer for me. He's going to have to go through some things for me. Uh, God knew the future of Paul's life. God knows the future of all of our lives. Amen. And for Paul, we understand that Paul, uh, God was going to give him grace. And we see here at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes we don't feel like singing praises. And sometimes we have to, we go, man, I don't know if I feel like singing praises. But, you know, isn't it great? Once we start singing praises, and all of a sudden it feels natural. And it feels good, and we're thankful that we sang praises. How often do we come to church, and we're going, man, I don't know if I want to come to church. You know, this haircut didn't turn out all that good. And, you know, uh, uh, you know or, or something messed up, or I got a flat tire. That's a sign that I shouldn't go to church. Or, you know, uh, whatever the devil can do to keep you from coming to church, he'll do. And whatever the devil can do, uh, when we look at Paul and Silas, to keep them from serving him, the, the great king of kings, he's going to do. And he's going to discourage them, and, he's, and, God, and the devil's going to discourage us from being and, and doing what God wants us to do. And he's going to discourage us from asking God for help. He's going to discourage us from asking God for grace. He's going to, he's going to, it's going to be like a shell game. Where's the blessings of God? The devil's going to mix us all up. He's going to blindfold us, turn, around, turn us around seven times and take off the blindfold. And he's, he's trying to tip us over and, and play. And, and, and we see how we uh, follow God's word and we get the upper hand. We understand that if we're faithful, uh, God will get us through what we need to get through. It'll be tough sometimes. We see Paul and Silas, we see that uh, uh, they sang praises. Why? Because they had a God. They knew God. Their God deserved praises. Regardless of how they were feeling, uh, uh, Paul and Silas, they sang praises. And we see they sang it unto God. Uh, there, were no, there was no mic. They weren't singing some special or whatever, although I'm sure the, many other prisoners heard them sing praises. Did you see those two guys that came in? I mean, around midnight, why would they be singing at midnight? Why would they be doing these things at midnight? Think about it. Did you see those guys? They were black and blue. They, were, uh, they looked like they were bleeding, looked like they did a couple rounds with Mike Tyson. I mean, uh, things aren't looking pretty. And, of course, they got fastened in the stocks, and they go to the hard part of the jail, fastened to the stocks, couldn't move very far. And, and uh, I don't know about you, but uh, the, those are the kind of places where I'm just, I, I made, I, you know, we, we get discouraged, and we just fall right into discouragement. So we see here that Paul and Silas, they prayed, and they sang praises unto God. And what a great opportunity that they had, that they used. They didn't miss. Many of us, we, I think, we miss opportunities because we don't react the way God would have us to react. 
And sometimes it's good that when God gives us a second chance and he allows us to act the way we need to act and we start acting the way we need to act and, and we do the things that we know God wants us to do, and regardless how we feel, uh, and God says, hey, look at what I'm going to do for you. And so in our lives, as, we, as, as perhaps I've heard some of your testimonies, you've talked about giving out the gospel, lead, lead somewhere and have someone come across my path that I can share the gospel with. They're ripe. They're asking questions. They're, you hear the words that are coming out of their mouth, and you know they're set from God, and they are needing to get saved. They need to receive Christ as their Savior. And we see there's a great need here to understand that God's in control. God's in control of our lives. Do you understand that today, no matter what you find yourself going through or what, whatever you're going to find yourself going through tomorrow, God is in control and God is with us. Amen. If you're a born-again Christian, God is with you. And we see that God is definitely with Paul and Silas. And they prayed and they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Now, this is the important fact is that the prisoners heard them. They did the right thing and their testimony was shining outside the bars of the that little jail cell there and they were listening and going what is going on here this should not be happening are these guys crazy i mean usually it's just one person crazy but there's two people that are crazy in there and they're singing praises to god they're praying and what do you think they were praying about what do you think they're praying about maybe they were praising god but perhaps they were praying for some of those other uh prisoners maybe they're praising for that jailer and we see what are they praying about praying to god Praying for the important things. Praying and thanking God for where they were. Thank you for this day you've created. Not an easy prayer to pray when you're fastened in the stocks. We see here uh, that the, this must have been a place like California because the Bible says in verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Uh-huh, a great earthquake. And so the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. And everyone, uh, everyone's bands were loosed. This is an amazing thing. I mean, we're talking that it was a that must have been some incredible earth shake of that prison was just shaking. What's going on? It's rumbling, and uh, and all of a sudden the doors fly open, and all of a sudden the fat, they're, they're, the things that were around their wrist and all their shackles started to fall off. We see what an incredible thing happened for Paul and Silas. And I believe because God gave the opportunity, it was God, obviously God was in control. And God gave this opportunities for Paul and Silas to experience. Imagine Paul and Silas just really, honestly, looking around going, look what God's doing here. <laughs> what's, what's next? Okay. Uh, and we see uh, we're, uh, they're, they're going to see some things happen here. And suddenly there, there was a great earthquake. And so the foundations of the prison were shaken. I mean, it was a deep, it was a deep foundational shake. It was an incredible shake. And immediately all the doors were opened and every man's uh, bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Now, this guy took his job seriously, as some of these did, because they believed and knew that um, it, would be a, it would be the end of their life. It, it would be dishonor for them if they had some prisoners get away. And uh, so he took his, he's about to take his own life. But the Bible says in verse 28, But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. We're all here. Don't do yourself no harm. We're all here. We're not going anywhere. Hey, we like to hang out with you, okay? <laughs> like in prison, huh? And we see uh, a, a, a great thing happen. Paul didn't run. Silas didn't run. Hey, let's get out of here, man. You know, I think God wants us to get out of here. We might see to our own needs, but we see that there's a jailer that has a great need. 
Uh, the Bible says in verse 29, Then he called for the light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. So we see here that the jailer, uh, he called for a light and sprang in and, and came in trembling and fell before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Oh, those are some words that someone's ready to be saved, amen? Here's a person that has seen uh, the hand of God shake this area with a bohemianly hard shake and an earthquake. And God had done that for a purpose. And this jailer saw that uh, Paul and Silas, how they were singing praises, and, and they were back there praying, and, 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 and what must I do to be saved? They had to have heard, I believe, that they, had, they pretty much probably knew that that's what they were all about, was people being saved. And this is what he wanted. He wanted what they had. He wanted that salvation, I believe. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful that it is. Uh, being saved is a family thing, amen? How many families have been saved? How many moms and dads have been saved? How many ki- children have been saved in families? Whole families saved. I believe it is God's will, and it's an umbrella of protection. It's an umbrella of God's power to work in a family and see the, uh, individuals get saved. Uh, we as brothers and sisters uh, in our own families, we ought to be concerned about our own brothers and sisters concerning salvation. We are. Our heart goes out to them. Our desire is for them to be saved. Or whether your mom and dad or your grandpa grandpa, is our desire for them to be saved. And we see here that uh, it's a family event. We see that Paul and Silas were there, and they got to see the hand of God work, as they did for every day that they served the Lord. And the power of God was on their lives, was working around their lives. And what a great thing. I believe God wants to work in all of our lives. I do believe that. He may not land you in a prison. He may not land you uh, to a place where he'll shake things up. But you're in California. You have a pretty good chance. Anyways, uh, but uh, he may not. But we see that God wants to use all of our lives. I know many, uh, I, I know I can tell you so many stories uh, of things that have happened when people endeavor to get the gospel out. Funny things that happen and interesting things that happen. God uses, he works behind the scenes and he brings things together. I can tell you of a, a certain missionary that we met one, years ago. And he would dress up like a clown, and he would do things for the kids and things like that. But he was a soul winner. I mean, I'm telling you, this guy was a soul winner. He was like the weeping prophet Jeremiah. He weeped when he and he he would weep when he was telling people how to be saved. And he was almost begging people to get saved, and people would get saved. The power of God was on his life. Why? Because his desire was God's desire that people would be saved. And to watch this person in action, it was an incredible thing. And how God uses all of us. I don't mean many of us. We can just do what God would have us to do as far as presenting the gospel. But we see that uh, it could be powerful when we let God do things through us. And Paul and Silas, they were letting God do things through that through them. They were going where God wanted them to go. And we see here that this jailer got saved he, and his whole household. And, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved in thy household. It was God's intention to bring salvation to a household. What a great thing. It started with dad. Amen? It started with father. And it went on to mother. It went on to the, uh, the kids. And it was a family thing. Maybe there's grandma and grandpa involved there. Who knows? Back then, you, many times you had a family that was uh, uh, in that house. You'd have a lot of different family members. It could have been a cousin or two. Who knows? But we understand that the family got saved. The household got saved. What a blessing that is. And today, what a blessing it is. I know we just uh, we, we need to praise the Lord when God does a great work. 
in verse 32, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all, the how, and to all that uh, were in his house. And he took the same hour of, that, of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God and with all his house. Incredible. We see a phenomenal thing here. How God changed the hearts of not just one guy, but the whole household. The Bible talks about the fact that they were all in on this. They were all rejoicing. They were all thankful that this happened. We see uh, some things come along. We just don't know, understand them. But, you know, God has the ability to bring, uh, turn things around. Amen. He has the ability to turn uh, lemons into lemonade. Amen. We see that, boy, this is some strong lemonade here. And he's making some lemonade for everybody. Everybody's enjoying and rejoicing for the fact that salvation has come to them. They've realized what salvation is. They've gotten saved. And let me tell you, it's an encouragement when people get saved. I remember uh, certain years back, we would uh, have a bus ministry up in Washington State. We had several buses that would go out. And we would go out to this uh, different doors, knock on doors. Sometimes we would knock on certain doors for a long time before anybody would come. But because we, they would talk with us, we would talk to them about, the, about being a Christian. We would talk, give them the gospel, things like that. And some of those doors, we never, we never stopped knocking. If, if maybe every other week we would knock on those doors and encourage them to come. And I can tell you some stories of people that would eventually come to church and get saved because he just kept at, kept at, kept at it, kept at it. Sometimes we, 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 uh, we, we give up too early. Amen? We need to give the Lord some time. And uh, it's an incredible thing when they get saved and their whole family gets saved and they come to church and they no longer ride the bus. They bring a vehicle and they bring other people with them in that vehicle and they're excited and all of a sudden they become a trustee and all of a sudden they become a deacon and all of a sudden they're in church every service trusting the Lord in the discipleship program. What a wonderful thing it is. And it happens again and again and again. We as Christians, we, we need as a church, we need to see that in our church. We need to see families coming and being faithful, and we need to be around them, and we need to rejoice. I think today, a lot, many of us, we, uh, we fail to rejoice. Uh, we need to rejoice, and families need to rejoice. We need to rejoice over salvation, what we have, what the Lord's given us. We don't know how, long, how much time we have left, but you know what? Maybe the Lord will shake some things up, and people will get saved in the time that we have left. And we have a great opportunity. And so, and so we see a great story of, of uh, things that happen. And uh, they rejoiced. What a great thing that was. Believing in God with all his house. His whole household was involved. In verse 35, when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeants uh, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told his saying to Paul, And the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. <laughs> and we see here in verse 37, But Paul said unto him, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans. Uh-oh. They didn't realize they were Romans, by the way. They had, uh, that's not a good thing for them, <laughs> for the magistrates. Uh, and, and have cast us into the prison. And now do they thrust us out privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And so as we see, the story continues. You know, Paul, he was, a, he was a sharp individual. He knew the law. He knew who he was. I mean, he wasn't out there boasting, hey, you, don't you know that I'm a Roman? His mind was, okay, God, I'm... I'm in for whatever you have for me. It's not about being a big shot. It's not about, hey, I'm a Roman. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Roman, don't you know? Oh, well, we better back off, not beat this guy up. I'm a Roman, don't you know that? 
and we think about the fact that he could have thrown his weight a lot around a little bit. I don't know if he wasn't actually that heavy of a person, but uh, he'd throw whatever weight he had. Uh, but we see that uh, Paul and Silas, I mean, they, you know, uh, they, they, they went the way the Lord wanted to go. And we see that the Lord worked in a mighty way. Listen, we need to just trust the Lord. And we need to go by the Spirit's direction. I believe that all this came about by the Spirit's direction. The Holy Spirit directed them there, and God worked in a special way. And here's a family that trusted the Lord. What a wonderful thing. And we think about families. There's families today in our church, and we need to trust the Lord, be faithful, and see the Lord work, and, and God will. And what a wonderful story this is of Paul and Silas. Now, listen, uh, the Bible does tell us that Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. What does that mean? That means that when the pastor was talking about Deuteronomy earlier this morning, and you go to chapter 11, talks about Deuteronomy 11, or 9 or, 9 or 11, you go to 11, and you see the, the, the strength of God, what God had prepared it, uh, the children of Israel, the children of God, and he had prepared some things for them, and he said, don't forget all these things. You need to train your children up. You need to have them remember these things. And the problem was, and he knew that that would be the problem because he told them that would be a problem. And unless you train your children, they forgot to train their children. They lacked off. It got weak after a while. They didn't train. And all of a sudden, they forgot the things of God. And let me tell you that in the Word of God today, we need to get in God's Word here today. It needs to be... Uh, we need to be connected to this. It needs to be connected to our head, right, amen? And we need not to be over the Word of God. The Word of God needs to be over us. What's the will of God within our lives? What's the will of God for with Paul and Silas? Uh, it was the will of God for them to go out and, and see people getting saved and plant churches and see the kingdom advance and go forward. And, and there was a period of time to where the gospel was going out, where every person was hearing the gospel. And over a certain amount of years, what a wonderful thing that is when so many people have heard the gospel. You go down south, you know, I know that down south, or, or actually we're south too, but if you go down in certain parts of America, people know the gospel backwards and forwards, don't they? In the Bible Belt, let's say. Some of those people that aren't even saved, they know the gospel. Hey, I know the gospel, but they're not saved. Well, that's a strange thing, isn't it? But we understand today, but within our lives today, well, we don't just need to know it. We, we need to apply it. We need to apply it. We need to apply God's word. We need, to, we need to allow Lord Jesus Christ to become our Savior. And we have friends and family. And uh, there's families out there today that need to know Christ as their Savior. Why is this important? It's an important thing. Today, there's a great job to be done, and, and we need to be about our Father's business. And when it comes to starting out, we need to train our children. And that's Proverbs 20. Let's turn there, if you would. Proverbs chapter 22. I won't keep you long tonight. Proverbs 22, I believe. <clears throat> Proverbs 22 and verse 6. And there's a verse that we're, many of us are, are accustomed to. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. What a wonderful verse that is. We think about how many of how many Christians can say, you know what, that's so true. My parents trained me up. And yeah, I walked away and I did my own thing. I, you know, got away from the Lord, but you know what? I came back to God. The God brought me back. Train up a child and we should go. First of all, you train him to be saved, amen? He becomes a, he becomes a saved individual. He belongs to the Lord. And the Lord, he goes out there and, he, and the Lord brings him back. The Lord re reminds him of who he is and brings him back into the house of God. And all of a sudden, he gets right with God. And all of a sudden, 
And that's a testimony of so many Christians. How many, today, how many teens, how many teens today, uh, and they become a college and career person, and they, they fall out of church? They do. Today is a higher number than ever before. They get into college, and they get doctrinated. They get indoctrinated. You go to one of the, uh, these colleges that are all over the place, and they get indoctrinated, unless it's a Bible college. Uh, my, uh, my kids that are going to Bible college right now, they're getting some good stuff, amen? They get the preaching of God's word. But with these secular colleges, they're getting indoctrinated. It pulls them, it pulls them out of churches. They, they, uh, they don't have the, the wherewithal to stand against that. And so today we need to train up our children. We need to train up our kids in the way they should go. We think about a family, how important it is. Let me encourage you tonight to trust the Lord. Get out the gospel. Be mindful of your own family, but then think about the other families that are out there. And let God work in your life. You know, God has some things for us. And sometimes we need to see where God has planted us. Maybe there's a certain situation you'll find yourself in, and you'll just stop. Wait a minute. Why am I here for? Why am I here? I'm about to go into prison here for a a night. (laughs) Why am I here? Why am I here? There's a purpose, and God has always a purpose in our lives. If we know that purpose is to give out the gospel, we'll always be where God wants us to be. Paul and Silas doing something that, you know what, they didn't feel like doing. I'm telling you, they probably didn't feel like doing that. They probably thought, well, it's time to get, I want to get a little rest, uh, Silas. Let's give it a break. No, at midnight, can you imagine? They were praising God. They were praying. And God did something wonderful. You know what? We need to step back and let God do something wonderful. And realize that God's in control. So many of us, we get a pity party. And we get going in the wrong direction. And you know what? We need to get start going in the right direction. And just trust in God. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you, God, for tonight. We thank you for your word. I pray that you would just help us, Lord. That you would just help us, Lord, to take things for, uh, to know that you're, you're in control. You're, 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 you're in control. You're in the driver's seat. And if you're not in the driver's seat, I pray that we would put you in the driver's seat, that we would com- completely trust you and follow you and yield to you. And God, your plan is so much better than our plan. Our plan isn't worth anything, but God, your plan is worth everything. And Lord, we, when we think about the, the needs of, of our own families, oh God, to just train them and to love them, and, and, and Lord Jesus, Lord, to see them get saved and, and train them up in, in, in the things of you, God, that's the, our most important thing to do. And, Lord, as we reach out farther through, the, through Bible Baptist Church, that we would reach out and, and reach people with the glorious gospel. Give us opportunity. Give us souls. Give us people that would uh, not only just ask us, but we would tell them how to be saved. And give us opportunities to get, this, get the gospel out. Lord, we love you. pray that you bless now as we conclude this service. And, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.